welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. We might run a little long in this episode, so if you're listening on BFF and it cuts off at the end, you can always go to ForTheRecordPodcast.com and listen to the rest. This week, we're talking about American Dream, the first LCD sound system record since they announced their breakup and played their last show at Madison Square Garden in 2011. We'll start off by talking about a song called Other Voices. Just to address up front the fact that James Murphy got a lot of criticism by making such a huge deal about the fact that LCD Sound System were breaking up, were playing this huge farewell concert back east, like people paid a lot of money to go, and then five years later he decides he's getting the band back together. And it, it is all his original collaborators mostly, so it isn't just like James Murphy and his sort of random rotating cast of people, which is part of the reason why he decided to continue the LCD Sound System name. Contrast this to Slater Kinney, who I think did it right, and just kind of said, hey, we're taking an indefinite hiatus. We're going to play these few shows before we stop playing shows for an undetermined period of time. And then they waited nine years and then they came back with a really great album. But whether or not that was a mistake for LCD Sound System is another time a conversation for another day but I think that this album is powerful enough that I'm glad that they came back and part of what James Murphy says in interviews inspired him to do this is that he was collaborating with David Bowie towards the end of his life and he helped him write some of the stuff on Black Star his farewell album and that it really moved him and it was part of what inspired him and made him feel like he needed to come back and make more music and so leading into this this is the song that we just played other voices I think part of that is what I think David Bowie's is one of the other voices. There's these people, you know, it's not just what I want to do or what I thought I was going to do, but there are other people in my life and other influences who are kind of calling us back home. And that's why we're doing this. Yeah, it's a heck of a song. 
This is actually the second song on the album. We normally like to start on the first one, but we usually don't really have... There's eight, There's ten songs. They're really long, and so we can't talk about all of them, and I feel like this one really gets it going with a lot of energy, and it's a lot of kind of the signature sound with the kind of very funky, very organic-sounding percussion, and then the mixture of both like a really bass guitar plus the synths and that mixture of the kind of rock and electronica sound that they're known for, and they're really knocking out of the park on this one. I think it's a pretty obvious reference to Talking Heads and and sort of this song in particular reminded me a lot of Life During Wartime where there's that really danceable beat and good bass line, but it's also very paranoid and it's about being in a scary situation. And I think that is also part of why he felt like he needed to come back and start making music again is just our political climate is very scary. (laughs) And I think this, a lot of the sound on here reflects that. Yeah. And I think it's, it is a very anxious song because, you know, lyrically, there's all this stuff about, oh, time is a dictator and that you can't avoid it, but also you're, you're still just a baby. And so that's sort of being torn between like you're, you're getting older and you also you don't know anything yet. Mm-hmm. And then that amusing, you know, I think other voices. This is one of the few cases where there's another lyric, you know, another vocalist comes in. Tell him, Nancy. And it's this weird lyric. Like, it sounds like the 90s and that you can't avoid the sounds of the past you can't and as you're getting older but you still are trying to figure stuff out and obviously finding you know the influence of people like bowie and there's a lot going on here i think that one of the things that are probably the main thing that i like and other people like about james Murphy is he's making he's an adult making music for adults and he's like in his late 40s and so this has always pervaded the music of lcd sound system this recognition that we have a limited time and you're getting older and there's only so much you can do with your time and how are you going to use it And amazingly, I think this is a first for us that this is, I guess, the first number one Billboard album that we're going to be discussing. (laughs) I feel almost a little weird about that. But yeah, no, they were top of the Billboard's charts this month. So a weird milestone, but kind of great that people are into this music that is incredibly dancey, but also has some depths and some some weariness in it. And I think that that sort of being a little weary and nostalgic continues through this next song we're going to play called I Used To. James Murphy slows down the pace a little bit and I think gets a little contemplative, but it's still pretty driving song. The percussion is really, I like how much flavor there is. And I think that's something I came to appreciate on this album. Like it was always there, but I think here I'm really just appreciating the variety of different percussion sounds that really add that texture. Whereas especially this one has this kind of like a lot of synth 
And so the the synth plus the really detailed percussion that feels very organic mm-hmm. is such a great combo. And yeah, it's funny because you often see LCD sound system categorized as like dance slash slash DJ, and it's like <laughs> no, these are all live instruments being played. Yeah, it's and it's amazing. I think you know if you saw them play on Saturday Night Live, which was probably a first chance for a lot of people to when they open played there recently and playing these some some of the new songs off this album and realizing they're a tight band. And if anyone's been lucky enough to see them live, that you just because I kind of thought, oh, this just this all sequencing. Nope, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. But I think here they're doing, a, I think, a better job of letting us know how, yeah, how real it is, and that this song, especially, is, seems to be about him and kind of as this Gen Xer looking back and being a rock fan and coming from a rock tradition. And what's so amazing about him as a musician is I feel like rock was going to save us in the 90s and then electronica kind of took over as Mm -hmm. what was pop music and i think he was someone who was able to take the best of those worlds and combine them and then this song which i think does that and he's it very much feels like he's kind of trying to get everyone on board and it's like hey we're in this new world and that that, even that kind of refrain at the end of like i'm trying to wake up and now it's your time to wake up and it's you know don't live in the past I also love that he's actually singing on this record. And I think in general, I part of going away and then coming back as kind of a more humbled person, maybe. He's much more emotionally honest on this record, and I'm able to connect with it a lot more. And I like that he's singing and his his he has a really nice singing voice. And instead of kind of the more of the talk speak singing he's actually like crooning a lot and in this song in particular yeah i mean it's i think it's it's maybe not the classically strongest but i think he's able he's figured out how to do really good stuff with it and on some of the songs here i even heard hints of like wow he's been hanging out with bowie and there's a little that in there and he's he's kind of able to pull it off yeah and it's pretty amazing and yeah he's come back better and stronger but he clearly still has a lot of demons hiding in there, and that those come out on the next song that we'll play, which is called How Do You Sleep? So this song requires a little bit of backstory. 
James Murphy and Tim Goldsworthy founded Death From Above Records, which later became DFA. After September 11th, they decided that Death From Above was not no longer an appropriate name, so they became DFA Records. And Tim Goldsworthy eventually like moved back to the UK and didn't tell anyone and supposedly took some money from the company. And James Murphy ended up uh, suing him for something like $94,000. And it was a, this huge acrimonious falling out. And so I think this song can only be interpreted as intended as being addressed to him, especially given that it's an obvious reference to the John Lennon song, How Do You Sleep, that was written to Paul McCartney after they kind of had a falling out. So Anyway, that's the backstory. I, at least that's how I interpret it. I think it absolutely fits that backstory, but I think the song is, I think, universal enough that just that notion of feeling that connection with someone and having a friendship and then having it just torn apart. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, especially at the end of the song, and this is a really long song. It's over nine minutes long. Mm-hmm. And it pretty much the actual How Do You Sleep comes in at the very end where he's asking him it's like they're like we saw each other again and would be like nothing happened and we could forgive each other but i'll ruin it by asking how do you sleep because like i can't forgive you mm-hmm. and that just that notion where he's so angry and yet there is sort of acknowledgement of like well i could conceivably forgive you for this but i'm not going to yeah and it's just so brutal and yet it's also just eminently listenable and i think when we you know, we're decided to do this album. I think when we do some songs for the show or some albums for the show, we want to do, oh, it's something that not a lot of people have heard about. We want to let people know about it. And other times it's like, well, we have really interesting ideas. But I think in this case, what album... We, we never we never have interesting ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we delude ourselves into thinking we might have some interesting things to say. Or it's just something we want, we've want. Yeah. we been listening to a lot and want to talk about, well, that's which is the case this one. Because, yeah, that I, I think I just... What album do I want to listen to on repeat they are playing the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium and tickets are like $70 or something. And that mm-hmm. is a terrible venue and those are expensive tickets and I'm not going, mm-hmm. but I want to see them play this song live mm-hmm. so badly. It has such this great build where it takes a few minutes of just kind of layering on the different effects. Again, it has that same balance between the synth sounds and the more organic sounds There's strings there's mm-hmm. this, these kind of screechy strings that really ramp up the drama. Mm-hmm. And so you have these same, like this, like very real and meaty sounding strings along with that arpeggiator together. Mm-hmm. And that like heavy synth. Well, exactly. That synth womp, just womp womp comes in and just these songs cracks open and just turns into this entire other thing. Mm-hmm. And to see that moment on stage, to see where that the song cracks open and the crowd goes wild and that, I can understand breaking well, they're, just they're, to experience that. <laughs> they're probably not going to play this song live, so I just saved you 140 bucks. <laughs> also, I'm never going to go to the Bill Graham. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I'm not going, but the yeah. temptation, like yes. this is the one song that I would be tempted just because that epicness and that, that bomb, bomb, bombs, and it becomes, it's like a percussive bass, but then it sort of breaks apart into this melodic instrument over the course of these verses. And it, it does a great job of conveying the sort of range of emotions that seem to be at work here. And I think he really 
conveys musically the idea of like having this strong bond with someone and then over the course of the relationship your anger intensifies and changes and there you start like building up resentments that you wouldn't have had before whatever it was happened and then you know it's like and then he did this and then he did this like and it kind of builds up that way with the added layers of instrumentation and I feel like that's uh, that's how it really represents well what he's trying to convey emotionally. And then when it sort of just breaks open with the like one step forward and six steps back, oh, like that part is it's like so, so cathartic. Brutal, but yeah, well, it's also it just, just really cathartic. And yeah. I, I just really empathized. No, with and I, I get goosebumps from that. It's yeah. just this song is, again, I could gush forever. But yeah, this is really the heart of the album. And it's what the fifth fifth track right in the middle. And it just, it's hugely long and it does not feel that long. Like it just, it flies by and it's. So I disagree. Yeah. I think the heart of the album is the next song that we're going to play, which is called Tonight. We maybe realize what it is we need before we die. And luck is always better than skill at things We're flying by Oh good gracious I sound like my mom But out of the little rooms and onto the streets You've lost your internet and we've lost our memory We had a paper trail that led to our secrets But embarrassing pictures I love this song so much and not just because it has both arpeggiator and vocoder, but it's, it's so many, it's has so many layers and on the surface, it's kind of making fun of pop music and millennials and social media and also himself and his own, you know, late era, middle-aged ramblings to quote the song. But then if you go deeper, it's, he's sort of taking that cynicism and jokiness at face value, but then turning it back and saying like, let's look at this idea and it actually is has philosophical meaning and tonight really is all we have and like these pop music songs talking about tonight 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 like that actually is a meaningful way to look at the world because none of this will matter later like every moment is what matters 
Yeah. And that's, that's such a positive take on it, but it's true that I think he's, I think he's kind of looking down his nose and then he's laughing at himself. And this brings back the kind of talk singing and the sense of humor. There's so much great lyrics. I mean, yeah, the, where he's sort of, uh, the kids these days. And he's like, oh, I sound like my mom. Good yeah. gracious. I sound like my mom. It's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. And, well, and, I, and I like the, the, at the beginning of the song, the line about and life is finite, but shit, it seems like forever. Yeah. And yeah, that, you know, I'm so glad for this market, psycho- market psychology you're hipping us to. And it's just, yeah, it's really funny and it's, but it's getting at this reality. And I, and I love that then at the end, he's able to just throw in this kind of, kind of manifesto. And it's this sort of notion of Gen X are talking to them, to the millennials and like, Let's join forces against our common enemy, the boomers, because they're the ones trying to manipulate you, and we've been around a little longer, and we can see what they're doing. Mm. And I, I think that's a positive message. Yeah. And certainly, yeah. And he's like, yeah, we were here before the internet, and we kind of have a little different perspective on things. That it's like I'm the hobbled veteran of the disc shop inquisition, which I think uh, is manifested in their awesome merch. The record store jerks saved my life. That that idea of being in the record store. And that experience is so formative for musicians and music fans of a certain age. And that's so gone for the kids now. Yeah, I mean, it's all, you know, losing my edge, which is the LCD sound system song that everybody knows. Well, aside from Daft Punk is playing in my house. But it's sort of this idea that, you know, when we were kids, you had to find out about these bands because your friends had an older brother or you hung out at the record shop like Go Boy Records on Catalina Avenue, which is now gone. And you would find out about new music that way and also about like the punks and stuff that that came before you were old enough to know about things and now it's just you look on the internet and you can find everything and so there's no sort of depth of knowledge and not that that's bad but it's a different way of experiencing music and history yeah and it's this trying to come to terms with like things change we had a perspective and this is a new world and we have to learn to live in it and i think that that is the challenge of this album and it's definitely very explicit in the first single from the album called the police Opening the first single off this album is 
obviously catchy, super fast and fun. It's also just brutally political. And, you know, I contrasted our last album we did was Filthy Friends Invitation, that song that was very political, but felt so kind of soft and just like, come on, it's not going to be that easy. And this song that's just, no, it's going to be a war. The old people are going to die and we're going to eat the rich. And that's kind of crazy that the lead single off the number one album in the country is basically class warfare. We're going to eat the rich. Let's the younger generations. Team well, I, I really love the generation. this this album. I, I think this song in particular really captures for me the feeling of being James Murphy's age at this political moment. And like the great stanza which is the lyrics are the old guys are frightened and frightening to behold the kids come out fighting and still doing what they're told but you're waking a monster that will drive you from your hoary holes of gold and your body will get cold i so empathize with that feeling that it's like you have the baby boomers who are just content to like burn the world to the ground and then the young kids who are really excited and like want a revolution but don't know what they're doing and don't really understand like what the steps they need to take are to get elected officials in office and that sort of thing. And at the same time, like supporting a revolution and knowing that we need to really change the system, but knowing that like, I'm going to be the first to go as a wealthy white landowner. (laughs) But like, this is the direction that I think that the country needs to go in. Yeah, there's a lot here to chew on. And that's what's so great that I think the first time I heard this, I thought, oh, this is okay. Second time, oh, this is really catchy. And then 10 times in, it's just like, wow, this is a heck of a manifesto. And for me, just this entire middle section of of the album where you have How Do You Sleep, this just angry, epic, very personal journey. Mm -hmm. Tonight, the sort of just critique, but also kind of coming to terms with modern pop culture. Mm -hmm. And then this one kind of coming to terms with modern political and economic culture and coming to that like we have to tear it down but tear it down right Mm -hmm. and i don't know how we're gonna do that and it's just so huge a vision for this band that i think maybe people thought of like oh they're just kind of fun and maybe a little funny and it's well and then bringing it all together with the title of the song and what comes in at the end which is call the police which is like such an ironic reference to sort of the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that, where it's like, whereas everything is going wrong, our president is looting the country for his own personal gain. What you do is call on the authorities, but those authorities are the people who are killing you. And so, like, what do you do? And it's like the the irony and humor in that that is wrapped up in the song. Yeah, that that there are people who still think that, oh, the system's going to work. The system's going to work. And he's just saying, like... Okay, you can try that. It's not going to. And at the same time, this is I, this is my favorite song on this record. It's so catchy and it's so like you can't not dance to it. And the layers of instrumentation are so well, you know, it's it's so much thrown into this song, but it yeah. really just harmonizes well together and the beat is so propulsive and yeah. that thank you for helping me recognize where the riff of that guitar is from the modern english melt with you the and it's so catchy yeah and i I think it's different enough that i I actually didn't hear that but the minute you pointed out i'm like oh okay yeah but that's great it's fun to refer without being too literal my brain works is once i hear it i just can't stop hearing now you've shared it with the world sorry and after this string of just just manifestos and driving beats and then we just take this left turn and it's the title track. And to me, what these last few track songs are so about what the album is about, but the title track just slows it way down and gets very contemplative. And it's called American Dream.
listen to this song that I really picked up on something that I feel like so much of this album is very political and about the current social political situation and this song is I think harkening back a little bit to remember when everyone thought well, the worst thing that happened in 2016 was that a bunch of old musicians died mm-hmm. and this and I th- but I think it then loops back that notion of because I, I love this middle section of like oh seeing your hero on the stage and he's gone and more are gonna go mm-hmm. and accepting that reality and i think this is really trying to get in the mindset of someone who is complacent and who's trying to live a certain kind of american dream and at a certain point like you can't keep doing that and it's really a bummer and i think it's maybe the most stripped down sonically Mm -hmm. song on the album but i like again the section where it it starts off with a sort of verse chorus verse chorus and then here's kind of verse and then another verse and another verse and it just kind of keeps building in intensity mm-hmm. as just he, you just get yeah, the sense of he's kind of shaking the audience yeah. and he's just shaking him like come on wake up wake and up and then it kind of has that cathartic moment with american dream and i won't try to imitate yeah. but he's got this beautiful like falsetto yeah. long drawn out and it sort of merges with these really high synths that yeah. go throughout the whole song yeah, it's really pretty and it took a long time to grow on me. And I think it was literally how many times have I, times have I heard this song? And I think I get it mm-hmm. just like now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's I, I, I had wondered up until this point, like, why was this the title track? Why this doesn't make sense. And now I'm like, oh, OK, I'm going to get it. He's just it's a little weird because he's been these previous songs are like you're already awake. And then this is the song of like, in case you aren't didn't you just hear those songs wake up yeah by the way let me apologize for how many times adam has hit the microphone i'm very i'm getting very excited and gesticulating because of course on radio or podcast that is a really good thing to do people are really going to pick up on those hand gestures (laughs) but i'm yeah i'm i'm worked up about it that this album it keeps there's so much depth here Uh 
So we go from a song that's very emotionally cathartic, and some might say the emotional centerpiece of the record, and it's the title track, and he just cuts it off right away with this song, this next very kind of jokey song, Emotional Haircut. another song where i think i'm just now getting the depths of it it's so kind of fun i think it's the most rock and roll straight mm-hmm. rock and roll there's a tiny bit of synth mm-hmm. in it but it's mostly a rock song and it gets really loud and crazy at the end and it's you know it's upbeat and, and emotional haircut sounds so silly and yet to read through it i'm like, like actually looking at the lyrics and listening closely and it's i'm kind of getting an actual substantial message and even the goofy funny songs have that on this album that there's this notion of uh, I almost think of it as like coming to terms with post scarcity that this is like, Oh, it's hard to do whatever you please. And that's like, I, I almost, it's like, I'm sick of the TV. Like I'm like this. People can just binge watch, binge wash. I can't talk. Can binge watch uh-huh. and just kind of push away reality. Mm-hmm. And that, that you're really stunting yourself emotionally. And so that emotional haircut, it's such a silly phrase, but that notion of like by living in this way where you're just kind of satisfying the senses in all these different ways, and you're not actually sat- living a true life. And those shouty callbacks from the rest of the band, like it, it, yeah. it also feels very Talking Heads, this whole song to me. And it's, yeah. it's got those little pumpy guitars that like stuttery guitars oh, that yeah. really drive it through. No, it's just, yeah. And, it's, that it, and it has that build. And then that sort of right when he's just saying out of your windows into the street, out of your windows, out, out. And he's just like this again, it's that yet another call to action. And it seems like a jokey song. And yet it is both this part of this manifesto and it's so melancholy this just notion of like there's memories that are great you you're not going to repeat them but you cherish them and then there's numbers on your phone of the dead mm-hmm. that you can't delete and mm-hmm. if i can think of one probably that he's thinking of in particular for this album this is an amazing danceable rocking party album that is dark and serious and a call to action and how how did they pull this off and talking about the out of your out of your windows and onto the streets, it calls back to Is It In Tonight, where the the, the lyric is out of your little rooms and onto yeah. the streets, which is a perversion of the, the old chant, out of the living rooms into the streets. And then to this, which is out of your windows and into the streets, which is even more dramatic. Like, don't even take the time to walk down the stairs. Just jump out the window and do it now. And the way that he ties that in to then the, the kind of catharsis at the end of the song where he's just like opening up with his vocals and ah oh it's amazing which that sorry about that but (laughs) but yeah and it's it's such a great 
penultimate track on this record because it goes into what is kind of almost a coda and this the last song that he ends with black screen which is obviously a reference to black star and this address to david bowie and it's so emotional and heartfelt and it's kind of like he's putting out all this emotion through the previous nine tracks and then just ends with this really simple like heartfelt message that is such a great way to end the album it's heartbreaking. So, yeah, we've been talking about LCD Sound System's new album, American Dream. You've been listening to For the Record. And we'll go without with that song, Black Screen. Thanks for listening.